December 24th, 1914, one of the most memorable Christmas Eves of all time took place. It was the middle of the uh, First World War. The British and German armies were fighting against one another, literally entrenched in their own respective sides. It had gotten dark. It was around like 8.30 p.m., and it got too cold for them to continue fighting, so there was kind of this uh, ceasefire that was put in place as they waited out the, the darkness. As they did, the, the British soldiers reported something back to their officers, saying that something strange was happening. They looked over to the German trenches, and they saw from afar that their, their trenches were actually illuminated. They began singing, and they were wishing the British a Merry Christmas, and they began to, uh, to invite them over. And as the events transpired on that Christmas Eve, the soldiers of both completely different sides began to sing Silent Night together. They sang the first Noel. They played soccer together. They, they ate food. They, they drank. They had, they had a good time together and celebrated the fact that Christmas had come. This is in the middle of the First World War. 25 million people died during this war. There were people dying during that very day in that battle. I don't know about you. I literally cannot get my family to agree on the same Christmas movie, let alone have people stop killing one another. But Christmas seems to have this sense of peace about it. That despite the chaos, despite everything that's going on around uh, us, we have this sense of peace. We see gift-giving as a sense of loving kindness and an extension of grace, but um, we we're able to show that care for one another. However, it only lasts so long, right? Peace only lasts for a moment. Just like the war had, uh, had, had stopped for that moment, they knew that December 26th was coming. And for us, it's the same way. Christmas may feel like a reprieve from life, but we know the new year is coming. We get a chance to be able to have uh, friends and family reunited, but we know that very soon those relationships are going to grow kind of old and stale, or we, or we have calendars that fill up and we're not able to spend time with them. We're able to show kindness and love to one another because of the season, but then uh, get very frustrated at little things that begin to pop up in our life. Our relationship with the Lord is uh, focused and joyful, and we feel like we can, we can really focus on his birth and his presence, but then come February, our Bible reading plans grow a little bit more dull and a little bit harder to read. The outside world is a little bit more filled up with brightness and joy, but then come January, it's cold, rainy, gray, dull, and we don't have that same sense of happiness in our life. See, peace comes for a moment, but it then trickles away with the idea and concept that we bought into with Christmas. We've bought a lie that says that Christmas is a celebration of temporary peace in the midst of lasting pain. A lot of us have pain in our life. In fact, all of us have pain in our life. You have pain that has surrounded you this year, whether you're here in the room or you're watching online, you come in with a sense of pain, of darkness, as John calls it. Sin, things that have entered into your life. Maybe your marriage is in a really bad place right now. 
You didn't know if you would even make it to this point or you don't know how much farther you'll even make it into the new year. You have the pain of something uh, medical going on right now. Maybe a diagnosis that, that popped up that you weren't sure um, or you didn't know was going to happen and the doctor caught you off guard and now you feel the sense of pain and anxiety over that diagnosis. Maybe you lost your job. Something had happened and now your life is uh, kind of thrown sideways because you don't know how you're going to afford your mortgage or your bills. And you feel this sense of fear surrounding your life. Maybe your relationship with the Lord is not where you wanted it to be. He feels distant. And there's a sense of pain that kind of fills that there because uh, you don't have a community that's supporting you in the way that you need to be supported or you don't hear from him when you read your Bible uh, anymore. We all have pain in our life. And it feels as if Christmas is just kind of this one bright spot in our life that gives, gives us peace amongst all the pain. But the message of Christmas is actually so much more. Christmas is not just temporary peace. The message of Christmas is that Jesus gives us lasting peace in the midst of temporary pain. Jesus gives us a peace that is everlasting, that fills every part of our life. The peace of Jesus is knowing that he is in control when everything feels unstable around us. The peace of Jesus is knowing that we are loved even when we feel unlovable. The peace of Jesus is knowing that we are secure even when we mess up. The peace of Jesus is knowing that even if everything passed away, we still have Christ. The peace of Jesus is the security that no matter anything, everything and anything that happens to us, he is still there for us. And that's the Christmas story. It's the fact that he came down to earth to give us everlasting peace despite the pain that rages in our life. And the verses that were just read in the video in John chapter one, I believe that there's two things that are very important for us to understand about this peace. The first thing is the freedom of peace. The freedom of this peace. I don't know about you, but when, when I see the need of peace in my life, I feel like I have to muscle up to be able to fight the war to get me to a place where I have peace in my life. I feel like I need to accomplish the peace in my life in order for me to feel restored, whole, and, and be able to walk forward. That I am able to accomplish the peace on my own. But if you look at John chapter one, it says that the peace or the word, the thing that was bringing chaos or bringing order back from the chaos is accomplishing the work for us. We're not the ones that are able to bring about lasting peace in our life. We are receiving the peace in our life. Jesus gives us peace in our life. There's nothing that we have earned or deserved. He freely gives it over to us. Tim Keller, the author of uh, Hidden Christmas, actually said it this way. He put it better than I could. He said, Christmas, therefore, is the most unsentimental, realistic way of looking at life. It does not say, cheer up. If we all pull together, we can make the world a better place. 
The Bible never counsels indifferences to the forces of darkness, only resistance, but it supports no illusions that we can defeat them ourselves. Christianity does not agree with the optimistic thinkers who say, we can fix things if we try hard enough, nor does it agree with the pessimists who only see a dystopian future. The message of Christianity is instead, things are really this bad and we can't heal or save ourselves. Things are really this dark. Nevertheless, there is hope. The Christmas message is that that on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Notice that it doesn't say from the world a light has sprung, but upon the world a light has dawned. It has come from the outside. There's a light outside of this world and Jesus has brought that light to save us. Indeed, he is the light. In other words, peace is accomplished not by our strength, but by his. Jesus, by coming into the world, going to his own, living uh, the life that we could never live in perfection, dying a sinner's death that we deserved and raising to life in ways that we could not accomplish peace on our behalf. You don't have to keep running. You don't have to keep striving. We are like kids on the morning of Christmas when the father comes down and gives them presents and the parents rejoice and the kids are happy, we receive it in the same way. We are freed from having to go further or do anything else. Jesus has given us this gift. Not only do we see the freedom of peace, but we also see the cost of peace. This freedom that we receive also comes at a cost. And in verses uh, 10 through 14 of John chapter 1, John spells out something that happens to the word when it enters into our life, when it enters into our world. See, God became man. He put on flesh. That's what we celebrate here today. He became a baby. He came down from on high. He became like his created order. He came to us. He was one of us, and yet we did not receive him. So think about it. Jesus came from on high. He came from heaven where he was worshiped for all eternity. The angels, myriads and myriads of angels worshiped him. But he chose to come to earth to become one of us, broken and needy. And he walked our footsteps. He lived our life. He chose isolation. He went to places of rejection. Jesus made peace not just an idea, but a human. He became like us. He knows our experience. He paid the price on our behalf. He became a child and paid the price. Right now you may be sitting here and you feel like the waves of life have overwhelmed you. You feel like you're sinking and you don't know what to do. You don't know the way forward. You feel helpless. The pain of life, the darkness of life has, has kind of come upon you and you're wearing it and it's, it's heavy upon your shoulders. I think a lot of times we can believe that, that Jesus has come. He, he comes in on his boat. He pulls up next to us and then he throws us a life preserver and he says, catch on. And we we hope to be able to pull ourselves forward. That's not what's happening here in John chapter one. 
Jesus comes to us while we are drowning in his boat. He dives into the water while we are beneath the waves, goes to the bottom depths of where we are and brings us back up with him. He knows our experience. He lives in our pain. He doesn't just sit from the outside and hope we reach on. He goes to where you are. Some of you may have never felt this peace before. Maybe you're seeking and you're searching and this Christmas is the first time that you've maybe experienced church or you wanted to kind of check it out. And you've inwardly felt this gnawing within you, a lack of peace, something that's eating away at you and you know, I I just need fulfillment in my life. This is where you find fulfillment. Jesus has come to bring you eternal peace. Maybe you're a believer And this year has been hard. This Christmas season is unbelievably difficult for you right now. That sense of pain, you feel pretty severely. The beautiful news of the gospel is that it's also for you. No matter where you are on your faith journey, no matter if you've believed in Jesus your entire life, he has come to rescue you. Would you turn your attention back to him? Would you see that he has entered into our experience? He has given you freedom to walk forward. He has paid the price on your behalf. What pain have you brought? Jesus, the light of the world has come to bring you peace. The beauty of Christmas is that Jesus gives us lasting peace in the midst of temporary pain. Jesus has come. We're about to sing a song called Son of Heaven. And in it, it's going to actually ask something from us. And I'm going to ask us just to sit for a minute as we listen to this song. The chorus of the song begins like this. It says, behold him, behold him. Lift up your eyes and see the Son of Heaven. Now this word behold uh, is kind of a strange word because it's not like we use that anymore. It's not like when you're driving by Target, you're like, behold, Target, there it is. This is kind of a strange word, but I think it's really, really important. It's saying that the beholding is to look upon something that is absolutely magnificent, so beautiful, so unbelievably um, awe-inspiring that we are willing to gaze upon it and take it in and that it impacts us internally like a sunset or a landscape that that is just very awe-inspiring in the same way we behold Jesus. It's not just looking at him and then looking away. It is gazing upon him for everything that he is and contemplating all the things that he has done. So we behold him. And then the song is going to say, Hosanna, Hosanna, pour out your praise. Sing the name of Jesus. And this word Hosanna is an exaltation of praise for people that are being rescued. As Jesus is going into Jerusalem, the people say, Hosanna, Hosea, Hosanna, because they see a Messiah that has come to rescue them and save them. In the same way, when we say Hosanna, we internally look at all the sin and all the things that are going on in our life and we see our Savior and we say, He has come, He has come, He is here. So as we sing this song, 
I want us just to sit. I want you to think about all the pain that you've brought into this room or you have um, as you're watching online. I want you to think about the things that you've been dealing with. It could be relational stuff, it could be physical stuff, financial, mental, the wars and things that are raging within your soul. And then I want you to think of Jesus, him stooping down low, accepting you for where you are, bringing you near to him. And I want you to cry, Hosanna, Hosanna, our King has come. Jesus has come to bring us peace in the midst of your pain. Let's sit for a moment and think about that.